Hi, I'm Martin McDonald. And I'm Sophia Fabili. The Thousand Islands Playhouse may have closed its doors this season, but our podcast lives on. While the artists are waiting in the wings and aren't on our stages, we're connecting with them at home to hear how they're exercising their creativity during the pandemic. Welcome to the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast, at home edition. Welcome back to the Playhouse podcast. We have a very special guest today that I'm delighted to introduce. Holly Meyer-Demney is a Canadian theatre designer and visual artist. Her practice spans set, lighting, prop, costume, and projection design, as well as maintaining her studio practice in painting and graphic design. She has worked with opera, theatre, musical theatre, and dance productions with companies such as the Classic Theatre Festival, Persistence Theatre Company, Opera on the Avalon, and Smile Theatre. And she was slated to design set and lighting for the Playhouse's production of Every Brilliant Thing in 2020. Holly has worked as a design assistant at the Stratford Festival for two seasons and completed a Theatre Ontario professional theatre training program in, pro- in projection design. Her theatre design has an emphasis on conversation, collaboration, and holistic design. And Holly is spending her isolation times with her partner, her meows, Missy, and a metric ton of tea. Welcome to the podcast, Holly. It's so nice to see and hear your voice. Cheers and nice welcome. How are you? Hi. Hi, good to see you. Good to meet you over Zoom for me. Um, Yeah, finally. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So uh, we'll go. We'll head right into our first segment. We ask each of our guests to choose a drink of choice, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, that we can share together. So we feel like we're in the same room, even though we're not. So what are we drinking today, Holly? Um, I have a green tea. It's a Den Maicha. I um, worked at a tea shop for many, many years, and I don't know if this is still um, actually the tea or not, but I've definitely refilled this tin a million times. Okay. company doesn't exist anymore. but <laughs> Yeah, and it's, nice. a, and it's a green tea. Do you put anything in it, or do you just drink it straight? Green tea, just straight. I was going to say, have- when it's green tea, do you call it black? Clear. clear. Do you call it clear when there's no milk? No, you're the uh, I think tea expert. It's still green tea. Uh, black tea is. Yeah, that's always a confusing thing when people ask if you want black tea or, and if you want it black. Yeah, yeah. So yeah black exactly. How do you say that? Yeah, there's black, green, white, and herbal. Yeah, and then a couple others yeah. separate from that. Hmm. Well, yeah. we're ha- I, I can li- literally talk about tea for hours, having worked at a tea shop. <laughs> I will have a tea podcast <laughs> another time. We, we're in a gray Gananoque day, so I'm very happy to have a cup of tea. And an Earl Grey day, you might say? Oh, an Earl Grey day. <laughs> Marta, there you go. That's a classic <laughs> Marta joke. Cheers, Holly. Welcome. Nice to have a cup Cheers. of tea with you Cheers. and have you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly was to design every brilliant thing, so I spent a couple great afternoons drinking tea with her this spring, talking and dreaming up the design of the show, which hopefully we can chat about a little bit later into the conversation. But first, uh, the concept of the podcast is asking artists who would have been with us this season the question, how are you sustaining your creativity and using all your creative juices during the pandemic? And Holly, I'm so curious to hear your answer. Uh, Well, the interesting thing was that I had uh, a couple months in sort of March, April, May, where I was just going to be prepping shows and focusing on painting in my studio. That was my plan anyways for the spring. Uh, So it was really interesting when everything got derailed and, you know, it actually took a couple months, but I'm finally getting back in the last month or so into painting uh, properly for for myself and for fun and that you know got a lot of uh, people interested um sorry it's very humid here <laughs> is it uh, yeah Holly just recently you're in Halifax right now is that right 
Yeah, yeah. And I thought I was escaping the humidity in Toronto, but uh, <laughs> it's very warm today. It followed you. So I have a question for you because yeah. I know you are um, an artist of many talents and wear many hats in the industry. Was mm-hmm. and, and that you're a painter? Were you a theater artist or theater designer or painter first? Which was which came first for you? I mean, it's kind of always been a combination of the two. I went to OCAD for a year, um, just because that that seemed that was the original path that I wanted to go on. I wanted to go into curatorial and criticism practices. Okay, cool. So I never really saw myself as just like a painter full time. It didn't for me. It didn't seem feasible or attractive. I was always interested in the community aspect of it. So I wanted to many many years ago run like a gallery cafe, so a place where people could enjoy a cup of tea and <laughs> enjoy uh, art. Um, and then I volunteered at the AGO for a, a year um, as sort of a theater troupe that works with people engaging with art. So it's always a combination of the two um, was really community and art. Um, and I think going to OCAD made me realize that I didn't want to be in a studio by myself uh, painting I didn't want that to be the only thing I did like I've always painted my mom was an art teacher so it was always me in a corner of like her classroom or the house (laughs) painting by myself that's that's just how I grew up it's just how I process the world um there's always a sketchbook nearby now I have my iPad so I can draw on that anytime I want um and then I went to an arts high school where I was I took all of the art classes I took all of the drama and musical theater classes, ended up both like running the theater festivals and the yearbook and like assistant teaching some classes. So this it was sounds always... exactly like you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no one is surprised hearing this. Yes, um, you can do all the things. Yeah. So, you know, after that led to OCAD and then I realized that wasn't really the right fit for me. Maybe if I'd gone into the design faculty, but I'd gone into the art faculty but I think uh, at that point I transferred to Ryerson for, for theater production and really found a community where I got to learn the, the structure of theater and working with people. Um, I mean, Sophia, you and I with our conversations, that's really totally. what it is about. Um, designing is, is discussing the work. Um, I just have the artistic painting background to sort of direct ideas for me, it, it feels like, but I feel a lot stronger in working with people and, and building an idea in a world <clears throat> from there. Totally. So that, you f- that kind of is where I landed, is really the community aspect. And then I just have one set of those skills to help build something. Yeah. Do you find that you're, um, you're painting over the last few months when you're not necessarily working on projects because they've been, like, stalled or postponed or whatever? Has it changed? Or have you just had more time? Or, like, are you doing different kinds of projects? Um, not really. I mean... Most recently, in the last week or so, I've just completely let go of really having a plan um, has been really useful. And I've seen a couple other people doing um, sort of quarantine work that is really, um, and this gets into more arty stuff, really sort of rhythm and um, repetition based. Sure. um, Of less um, representational work and really just seeing where yeah, marks it. on the page go. Yeah. And so I've, I've started doing uh, some of that. Um, and then I've, you know, uh, got to focus a little bit more on my, my reading mouse 
series, which was just a character who showed yeah, up. Yeah, tell us about that. One That's day. such a cool thing that has <laughs> started to happen, like, over the last little while, right? Tell us about Reading Mouse. Yeah, yeah well, it was just, um, I guess it had a, a little bit of a life before. I mean, um, I think there's a couple original Reading Mouse uh, illustrations up in, um, you know, friends' uh, nurseries or, like, my cousin's bedroom or my, you know, goddaughter's bedroom or something. Um, and it, it's just fun. Like, it's it's something that's just completely detached from, like, what's going on in the world specifically. And I kind of, especially in this time, a lot of people are like, oh, you should do one with a mask or washing hands. And I was like, I really want this to exist in a world that is, like, something cozy and something people can look at and it's just, it just exists. Like it's just something cozy with a book and, you know, whatever weird situation I put reading mouse into. I've got a whole long list of like places for the mouse to be reading in. Um, Just to describe in case anyone, we'll put the link to your Etsy up so people can check out your prints and your greeting cards and maybe purchase a few too. But for Mm -hmm. anyone, um, just to give a a description of what we're discussing, um, Holly paints an adorable little mouse reading under like a big mushroom or sitting in the nook between two flowers. Um, It's it's extremely adorable and very like comforting. I know let's, oh, she's got a few. Maybe we can snap a pic. Um, it's absolutely adorable and we were we were going through your etsy before the podcast report recording holly and just like ooing and awing over how adorable so is it water (laughs) is it watercolor that you're working with uh it's ink and watercolor so i I sort of do the the ink sketches and then uh go in with watercolor after and that's I just grew up with watercolors and they Mm -hmm. are what i like the most it's (laughs) gorgeous thank you so cute. Um, yeah, the, the Etsy shop is up right now. I think I've kind of like closed orders just while I'm in quarantine because I can't mail anything, mm-hmm. but it should be open and up um, in the, in a week or two. Yeah. Once and I is that new or did mailbox. you have that running before? Sorry? Is it new? Is the Etsy shop new? Yeah, yeah. It, it was only up for like a week or two uh, before we did this very spontaneous move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, so, so I cool. I think it's it so down. impressive when someone does like is able to put some work that they've created out of nothing onto Etsy. I think Etsy's so cool. <laughs> How what has it been like like navigating that platform because I've never like I've only ever been someone buying something off Etsy mm-hmm. not a business owner on Etsy. Yeah, it's interesting. So I actually do a lot of private sales just because I, I'm used to running my own business as a designer, I have all of those systems in place. So that actually feels easier to me. Etsy is just an easy way to have like a really public marketplace where people can use a credit card yeah. um, and, you know, find me by accident or if they don't want to email me. So they, they can actually get a hold of me through the, um, uh, my Instagram, I have a separate reading mouse Instagram or even through my personal one. Um, so people can email me about orders or commissions as well. And I've had a, a couple um, people asking about those. So there's a couple, you know, commission projects for Reading Mouse. And um, I definitely need to, or we'll start working on sort of some some Christmas, winter nice. stuff. Yeah. So people are asking about, you know, Christmas cards. 
I feel um, like it's it's nice yeah. because people um, like who are looking for things like that on Etsy. Like I know I've I've searched for for things on Etsy, like a friend's favorite animal or a, a favorite subject or sport or whatever. So someone who might look for like reading or like like paintings for nurseries, like you were saying, or yeah. or mice even. Like yeah, people who so just like cute. have like a love for those kinds of like cottage style sort totally. of like homey warm things. And what I love, too, is I feel like, you know, there's been so much emphasis on how can we support arts organizations? How can we don't what theaters can we donate to to keep them open? And it's also like, and how do we also support artists throughout this really tough time? CERB is obviously a big part of that. Thank goodness for CERB, you know, sustaining so many artists through this extremely challenging time when almost everyone in the industry completely lost all their work Um, (laughs) but also things like this um, that you know if someone's thinking of oh well I I need some thank you cards or I need some x y and z that they can actually go and that and that money will go back to support you instead of Hallmark who probably (laughs) don't need your don't need their money anymore but um, so can you tell us this like reading mouse is your own um, creation so can you tell us like how that when was the first one or how did that come about for you? Um, I actually think I, I keep everything in this little case. I, I think it was just like a sketch that I did one day. Um, and I think I have the original here. Um, so it was actually, it's still like one of my favorites. So it was the original like Daisy sketch. Cute. Oh yeah. So relaxed. Um, and there's like another one in a walnut here, which I think <laughs> turned into, I think that turned into candy, which is also up for sale. Um, yeah, so it just happened, and then I just put it, I have a light box, I just put it on the light box and traced it, and um, then it, it just seemed, it was just a, an easy sort of no no stakes project for me to work on that, you know, it was, was separate from my paid work, and it was kind of did for fun, and it was really, again, no, no stakes, so yeah. I just gave myself a couple, I'm, you know, such a designer in my brain that I gave myself a couple parameters of, you know, page size and you know border sizes and I was like these are my boundaries and then I just was able to sort of do whatever I wanted within that and I've got a big list of you know gave myself I gave myself the alphabet <laughs> and then I wrote out a location for every letter huh. of the alphabet oh that's so, so cute to try and work through all 26 of those and you know see if that you know, maybe I, I turn it into, you know, a, a book for a kid's room or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what we were saying that earlier, like how wonderful you'd be as an illustrator for a children's book. Um, you know anyone? Yes, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> everyone <laughs> listening. Um, so I have a question that sort of links these two things together. When you're designing for, like, if, you, if you're given a show, like you're hired on a show, do you start with your sort of, like, freeform watercolor like do you do any of that work when you're developing or is it is it all very calculated when it comes to the conversation with a director or does it depend on the project I think it really depends on the project I mean some directors really know what they want to do I have had a director just say give me a set which was broad and terrifying so (laughs) it really depends on the relationship and also um you know figuring out how people, different people process visual information differently. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the information that I give to the creative team and directors differs. Um, I don't often do um, traditional art for, for design just because things change. 
so you can't really edit a watercolor. So I, I will do paintings, but they're often done on my iPad because I can edit and tweak and remove a layer and add something, shift stuff around a lot more easily. Uh, so technology has really caught up. Um, and I have a beautiful range of like watercolor brushes and things that, that I use. Um, but also watercolor painting is so different. I'm also a trained scenic painter. So watercolor painting is so different from scenic painting um, that it doesn't really translate. So if I were to paint something in watercolor, it wouldn't necessarily yeah. translate easily for, for a scenic Texture artist painting. unless it was like a watercolor set. And then we would have a long conversation about how to make that happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I tend to, I also, you know, use a, acrylics and gouache and stuff um, and uh, do digital textures um, based on my, my scenic background. Yeah. Can uh, I uh, just yeah. share a bit about my experience working with you for everyone listening in? Uh, this was like my first time being in the director's chair. I've been an assistant director. I've been a playwright. I've done, you know, an act, you know, whatever. I've done the other parts. Haven't been a director. <laughs> and so it was really fun for me to sit down with you and, and chat about this because it was like a whole world that I have not really gotten to play in with my, you know, get my hands dirty in this. And I thought it was so cool the way – can you talk about how you put together um, – your your like bible your file of all the inspiration and and i was just like oh my gosh this is genius can you explain it because i am not i'm failing but please explain it yeah 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 no worries um i really like to turn things into books like uh, you know having information uh available um in in just a cohesive format for people so it's and it also makes me feel like i have everything organized that's just the way my brain works is I like to, to make sure that I've ticked all the boxes. And if, especially because I'm designing so far out, you know, I'm usually six to eight months out designing. So I found that it was really helpful that if someone asked me a question, I can come up with the answer. But this way I could say, you know, can you please check the book first? Because the answer is probably in there. Yes. <laughs> and I did run into, you know, a, a TD that I did a bunch of shows with. He, He'd come up to me and be like, nope, I'm going to check the book first. <laughs> You're like, yes, someone it's working. In it's someone. the look in your eyes that says check the book. <laughs> but yeah. I love that. Like Miranda Priestly stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that because it becomes almost like this record of all of the inspiration. Like, um, is it okay if we talk in specifics about a few of the um, ideas we had for Every Brilliant Thing? Sure, yeah. So, sure. for example, um, and I will say she when Holly says in her bio that she is very into collaboration. She definitely is. And it was really fun to like talk through these different ideas. But we had ideas about different colored like antique chairs and what colors would they be like, you know, regular audience seating. But then these other chairs sprinkled around. And then we were like, we really wanted to feel like warm. When we walk in and Holly was like, yeah, I wanted to feel like it's like um, we're in a blanket fort, like we're safe for friends um, because the show has interactive elements to it so we really wanted the audience to feel like welcome and part of the game and so then we were like how about fairy lights how about bunting how about this this is and eventually you know we kind of got to this point like I don't know I don't know and then Holly came back one day and she was like what if we have like a whole bunch of different lights like antique lights and this kind of light on a whole bunch just hanging from you know the sky of the theater and we can light different areas and we can create different looks with that and to me I was like oh yeah it's like almost like being in an antique store and like the different colored chairs and it just pulls it all together but in her book she had all of these different ideas and images that she pulled in colors and palettes and it's so awesome for me because uh it's so helpful 
to have that as like a reference to be able to like look at it and go, yes, I totally get what you're saying. That's an amazing like image of what we're describing. I just, anyways, maybe I'm just so new and so excited about it all, but I just <laughs> thought it was so great. <laughs> yeah, and, and that is why I like the, the collaboration because it really is talking through things. And, you know, we both, we, we had an idea that we ran with for a really long time that we thought was the design. And we both just had like a bit of like a, it's just not right feeling. So it, you know, and it's again, why I don't do like really prescribed paintings early on. I don't get tied to any one idea because it really is, you know, reading the text again and again and again and going back and doing research and, you know, picking out maybe there's a word or a phrase that you keep going back to and you do some research until you find the right image and the right thing that clicks. Totally. But that that is the part that I really enjoy is like really working on something because it's not just my like we're we're I'm painting this and we're doing it. Like I've never <laughs> believed in that. That's, you know, that's what I do in my art studio, but that's not that's not why I do theater. It's really to to find what supports the story we're telling because we are supporting uh, the actor and you know in this case Nicole and really giving her a world to work in and we're like what what is going to really resonate and how, what is really going to take this story and support it? Like it's, it's really supporting the text and supporting the actor. And it, it yeah. really took all those conversations and yeah. all of that acknowledging that like uncomfortable, like this is, it's good, but it's not right. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was literally, I think <laughs> very last minute that I suddenly was like, the whole design has changed. Here's a new package. <laughs> I was like, I <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah. Yeah. All, everything you just said and so much love sprinkled on top of it. Cause it was so fun. And I can't wait until we can finally do that show. Cause it's gonna look so good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think it's time to segment it. Segment. segment. Segue. Yes. Into our last segment, <laughs> um, which is this or that pandemic edition. So I'm going to ask you a series of um, this or that questions that will help us learn a little bit more about you and how you've spent your quarantine or spending your quarantine and habits you've developed through this pandemic time. Sound good? <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Here we go. Early riser or night owl? I guess more night owl. Yeah. Now. Depends on the day. Yeah. Uh, sweats or dressed? Both. <laughs> more sweats. More, more sweats. sweats. Yeah. Um, bake all day or takeaway? Both. A lot of baking. Lots I of baking. Of, I am one of the sourdough people. Yum. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> I didn't turn like. out well. Yes. Amazing. I'm speaking from Instagram <laughs> stalking. <laughs> um, uh, DIY or online buy? Uh, online buy. Online buy. Oh, and online crazy. sell. <laughs> also, um, yeah. <laughs> homemade mask or bought one? Uh, bought. Yeah. Much, much more talented seamstress friends of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom party or Zoom fatigue? Zoom fatigue. Fair. Tiger King or The Last Dance? The Last Dance? Sure. I've been avoiding Tiger King. Fair. I don't know what The Last Dance is. <laughs> gonna have to go find out now <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> working out or on the couch uh both mostly working out we've been trying to nice to keep, sure. keep in shape doing the you know 
Yoga with Adrian. As with yoga I know, with Adrian. Yoga with Adrian. You got a classic. <laughs> Plug Yoga with Adrian. <laughs> She's good. She's yeah. got it. Um, what's been your favorite quarantine jam, music-wise? I have a soft spot for One Direction. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You're just owning that. That came out of nowhere, and I'm that. so happy about it. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And last question. Um, if you could pick anywhere in the world, what would be your ultimate quarantine location? Well, we were supposed to be in Japan and Singapore oh. in April. Okay. So it would be Japan and Singapore. Yeah, how would Japan and Singapore, Singapore would be much better than... What about under an oversized daisy reading a book? Um, please. I would actually be really happy to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, listen, Holly, it's been so nice to connect with you. And we'll share your links so people can go see all the amazing things that we've been talking about. All the best with your adventure in Halifax. And we'll talk to you soon. Yes, please keep in touch. We will. We also want to give a shout out thanks to Mark Hunt, TIP's head carpenter, for composing the music for this podcast. This podcast is produced by MyFM Gananoque. Thank you to Terry Lynn for all her help. We're recording today on the traditional land of the Huron-Wendat and Haudenosaunee peoples. Follow us on ThousandIslandsPlayhouse.com and on social media. Bye, Holly. Bye, Holly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day.